boys and girls, the Sports Frenzy Podcast presents Showdown with your host, Freddy Alonso, and featuring Juke, the Encyclopedia, and Stevie G. And now, the Showdown Podcast. Alrighty, welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. You are live now for the very first show of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, the WWE Sold Out Sports Frenzy Podcast show with my very special guest, Steven. What's up, guys? And Anthony. What's up? Um, let's get into it. We've got we've got some topics. We're not going to do the whole breakdown of Money in the Bank. That'll be next week's show, so stay tuned for that. But this week's episode, we're going to get... We're going to touch on a couple different topics from WWE this week or the last two weeks. Um, so let's jump into it. One of the big ones, SmackDown moving to Fox at the end of this year or the start of next year and moving to a three-hour format. What do you guys think of that? Horrible idea. I don't mind it moving to Fox. Maybe it's more um, exposure, but three hours, Raw is barely surviving at three hours. I um. This past weekend, like, I did have conversations with uh, at least two or three different people about wrestling, and, like, this opinion was the same. Wrestling is not in a good place right now when it comes to WWE. The shows aren't great. Um, they try and push too much down your throat, so I think SmackDown being three hours is a bad idea. And also, while we bring that up, the pay-per-views are rumored to be longer. I mean, I don't know if this rumor was true, but I heard there was consideration of Money in the Bank being five or six hours. I read that on one page, though. It wasn't multiple pages, but I'm hearing more four-hour shows. Like, they're trying to jam so much down your throat, it's it, it's it's a little too much for me. But I think it's the reason they're going to shove so much down our throat is because there's so much talent on the roster. They can't get everybody on in the three, you know, a three-hour format if they're joining the shows. So I, I think... It may be a smart idea, but but the I, problem I'm not is really sure if they're going to be able to. Pull let's it go back to our last podcast and let's go back to the last pay per view we watched. Backlash. People were walking out of that show. I was falling asleep like by the uh you know by the ten o'clock hour to be honest with you. I was yeah, into I it, it and I heard that mutual reaction. I mean I don't know Anthony, did you stay up for the whole show or no? No, I dozed off myself, but I dozed off earlier than that. Um, I did go back and watch it, and yeah, the crowd during the Reigns Samoa match, it was they were done. It, the going and first talking about the pay per view, yeah, this Money in the Bank is starting at seven o'clock. If you go on the network, anytime you start a show, they're advertising it to hell. That's the first ad you see every single time. It is a rumor that they are going with a four-hour minimum, which I agree. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, SmackDown going to Fox, I agree with Steven. I think that's a good idea. Um, the three-hour rumor that hasn't been confirmed, I'm hoping that's wrong. But the fact of the matter is it's not necessarily about the roster size. It's because Fox and Universal, as far as Raw is concerned, they're willing to pay for those three hours. It's all coming down to dollars and cents for the WWE. They're get, being given too much money on these contracts to, to turn around and say, no, we only want two hours. You can give us less money. It's not going to happen. I agree with you. It is too long. I think they're going to find that the ratings are going to suffer. But until the ratings are suffering right around the time looking for a contract renewal, I don't see it, this changing anytime soon. 
but with the three-hour format, and the ratings have been dropping, let's be honest, since the Attitude Era. I mean, thank God we're not in, like, a showdown with WCW, because we'd be losing miserably. It's, yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be awful. I, I just... The way we touched on it the last podcast, there's there's nothing fresh. There's nothing that's pulling you in every week. Like, I remember back in the 90s, the late 90s, you were – that last button on your remote control was so worn out because you were hitting back and forth trying to keep up with both shows. Now there's – it was like, oh, okay, Raw – Braun Strowman's breaking a ladder or he's breaking something. They're trying to make him look like a monster. That's that's what we're getting right now. There's no – I don't want to say give us an invasion angle, but just give us something different, something innovative. If there was some sort of way that they could split these shows up, I mean go back to the whole split of SmackDown and Raw and make it actual splits. Don't shove two pay-per-views a month down our throats. Just give us one per month and make one SmackDown, one Raw, one NXT. Like, switch them up every month so you're not having a show every month with the same brand. Give you some time to build up. If they did something like that, because even if they did something with the lower court card, you could make a lower card with, like, certain wrestlers based off of certain championships. Or you could make things like 205 Live better. I mean, again, I haven't watched that in forever either. I just don't care to. But maybe if they somehow did it right, you could go somewhere with it. But three-hour shows, and if you're going to have two three-hour shows going a week, a year from now, or a little over a year from now, it's it's going to be overkill. I mean, I could see myself falling out of this. And I'm sorry, guys, I wouldn't be able to join you on the podcast then because I can't give an honest opinion. So you're going to sell out to something other than the WWE. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Maybe I'll go back to, like, One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl. Maybe well, 90210, you remember that? Yo, the OC was a badass show. The OC was a good I mean, let's sidetrack from wrestling for a second. OC was OC a great was a show. show. It was a good show. But we that digress. Like, we digress. Let's I'm just – wait, real quick. I just want to make a statement when I hear something like that. The OC and One Tree Hill, that was the type of shows that the girls watched and they knew damn well they could get their guys to watch with them because we'd be sitting there like, oh, shit, this show oh, is great. Oh, that, Yo, right, what just yeah. happened? They're fighting again? Yes. <laughs> You both can turn in your man cards. I never watched either one of those shows. <laughs> so what, what would be – if you could throw back a show right now that could beat out wrestling because of how much they are like throwing at you at once, what would be your old go-to show that you have to throw out right now? We chose OC and One Tree Hill over here. What do you got? What do you got? I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm honest with you. <laughs> don't give a cheap plug to the WWE Network errors. either. Ladies and gentlemen, the encyclopedia is the encyclopedia because he will only watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't go, I wouldn't go that far. I watch way more TV than I did back then. But Okay, I'm going to be real with you. On any given night, would you choose right now watching Raw or SmackDown or watching the Red Bull soccer team on TV? Tough one for you, huh? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a Red Bull season ticket holder, and I, a friend of my, a friend of mine, and I flew out to Kansas City for a U, the U.S. Open Cup tournament final last year. So that's why Stevens teasing me there. Um, that's a tough one. I probably believe it or not, I'd probably go wrestling and just watch the Red Bulls on. Just the throwing it out screen. there. I'm not teasing you. I had to give you something tough. <laughs> 
You did. You did. You stumped me there. But, <laughs> it, but if, we all know if he wants to watch like a real soccer team, he's got to watch Real Madrid. What's up? If you want to watch a real soccer team, you got to watch Real Madrid. I have my Real Madrid jersey. I was wearing it the day after the final. That was a fantastic <laughs> game. But let, let's sports Jersey podcast just went to the sports <laughs> side. This isn't the right show. We'll get back to the WWE. <laughs> let's let's jump back in here. Uh, hold on. We got we, maybe next week you get a two podcast, a wrestling one and a World Cup preview. There we go. Hell, I'm just throwing it out there. Anthony's pointing at through screen and the way he did it, it just looked 3D. <laughs> It did. It was like, boom. I see that. Do you see that? (laughs) So now we we touched on SmackDown going uh, three hours. Steve briefly touched on the pay-per-views going to four hours now, starting at at seven instead of eight. I don't – let me see if I find a better way to to say this, but I, I think that's a horrible idea. It's good for WrestleMania because of all the content you have, you know, the surprise entrance, you know, the little backstage packages and stuff like that. But for a regular, you know, backlash or no mercy, money in the bank, I don't think you need four hours for that. It's overkill. Nobody really tunes into that first pre-show hour anyways, unless you want to watch Rosenberg and Anne-Marie which I think Rosenberg's doing a great job on the WWE Network, by the way. But what what, what about uh, what about Sam Roberts? <laughs> Sam Roberts, he's he's pretty good too. His voice gets me a little bit, but he's a, he's a good listen. What's the haps, Fred Bieloso? What's the haps? <laughs> Can we get Sam Roberts to listen just based off that impression, please? Because that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. He'll, he'll kick my ass at Summer Sam in August because you know I'll be dumb enough to go. Yo, we went to the podcast last year. Let's do it again. Let's get El Oso to go this year. There we go. Wearing, wearing the Sports Frenzy Universe sold-out show T-shirts to the Woo, I'm down. Podcast. I'm down. As long as my pretty face it. is on it too. <laughs> I, uh, I already got my tickets for, for – um, Something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and NXT TakeOver that weekend. What's SummerSlam? Add that too. Nice. All right, so you need to call your friend. Wait, I can't say that on stay, on, on the air. Sorry. <laughs> so what do you guys think of this format? Four uh, hours for a pay-per-view. That's not, a, you know, the top five. Like, my thing is, let's just do three. This may have been what you were just saying. I Do three hours for your, like, you know... I guess we could call them throwaway pay-per-views or your side pay-per-views or whatever. And, yeah, your top main ones that have been around since the Stone Age, let's have those be four hours. I'm okay with that. Have WrestleMania be five for all I care because WrestleMania, you could go five because it's always been interesting for me. I always get amped to WrestleMania. And the crowd's always hot all the way through. Correct. Yes, yes. That whole weekend, like, WrestleMania is like – it's a whole different story. I won't include that in the shit talking, if you will. What do you think, Anthony? Or the encyclopedia. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, the encyclopedia thinks that yeah, four four hours every month it is way too long. Um, I don't understand it. I think they believe they're going to get more butts in the seats in the arenas that way. Um, having both rosters on the same pay per view not necessary, but I I could I could go with that if it was down to three hours. We're in the gimmick pay per view era. Every freaking month it's a different gimmick. 
One month we have to have money in the bank. One month we have to have hell in a cell. I don't understand why they can't just throw those out generically when the storyline calls for it. Um, I also, if they want to do these combined Raw and SmackDown competition pay-per-views, the rumor is money in the bank is now considered one of the big events. Um, I'm okay with that if for like Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank. Um, if you're going to like to see the Raw versus SmackDown element being used to make those pay-per-views feel a little bit more special, maybe we bring back King of the Ring and you have Raw and SmackDown guys competing in that tournament. I was just I was just thinking that when you said that. Like, why don't we knock out one of these half-fast uh, pay-per-views or two and to bring back something that actually mattered like King of the Ring. Knock out Fastlane or, like, what what's some of the other ones? Uh, Roadblock or whatever the hell that one yeah, was. That was. Like, that was there's so many BS ones that you could get rid of and bring back a classic uh, like the King of the Ring and have a great tournament. And, again, that's one that you could do both. Go back to the days where you did both uh, only on the big ones and the, then the months where you had like just a SmackDown one or a Raw one, just have one that month. Don't sit there and make it two because it it does it gets annoying. Like even if you have a two or three uh, week break in between, you go to watch the next one. It's just like, oh shit, here we go again. You know, like that's my attitude on it. But then with that, they don't know what to do with the storylines. You mm-hmm. you saw it no. last year or this year with the week before. The two weeks leading up to WrestleMania, they had no idea what the hell to do with the storylines. It was mixed tag match over here, eight man elimination match. Too over much here. to build up. The the build ups were horrible. The John Cena Undertaker build up was probably the worst in the last. Correct, four years. and the worst match ever. You could have knocked that match out and saved and a worst, half hour of our life. Yeah, that was horrible. I mean, but the only thing exciting was Undertaker's entrance. That's yeah, it. that was the best thing. <laughs> Even Cena running out, you're just kind of like, oh, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Here, hold my beer and popcorn. I'm going to yeah. run and change. Hold my apple yeah, juice. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but I, I do agree with you with the King of the Ring. Bring that back. That, that Everyone propelled, enjoyed that. That propelled so many careers. Correct. Like, that was the start of Austin 316. Mm-hmm. That gave... The Bret Owen Hart, Hart and his, Bret Hart, the, the years Owen they Hart, won, Bret was Hart. huge. That was, that led to, what was it, WrestleMania 10? Yeah. Encyclopedia? That, that, that is, uh, well, Bret Hart won right after WrestleMania 9 at the first King of the Ring. Owen Hart's win was yeah. actually after WrestleMania 10. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you could tie that in there. Unfortunately, I think the problem with the King of the Ring, what I heard or read online was that Vince felt like he can't advertise the matches outside of the first round, so he hated that part. Um, and unfortunately, we also do have some stinkers, such as King Mabel, which led to probably the worst SummerSlam main event. I remember Stephen and I had our friend Danny over for SummerSlam 95, and we were enjoyed every match, and then we got Diesel versus Mabel, and we were like, what the hell did we just watch? And I, w- I was 15 at the time. Stephen, I think, was 12. And we were At that age, we were... That was the first time I think we were truly frustrated with a pay-per-view. All right, so on that note, I am going to pull the card and call it the time constraint just because I know we got a lot more to talk about. So what's what's the next subject, Mr. Oso? El Oso. All Sorry. right, so our next, our next little subject here, this one's going to be a quick one. <laughs> Enzo Amore. Yes. Yes. This is going to be a quick segment, ladies yes. and gentlemen. So if you got to do a pee break or you got to stop at a red light, and you want to fast forward, this may be the segment Listen, to do it. I'm, I'm going to start this off because I think I threw this idea out there. Enzo Amore 
for someone who got fired by um, the WWE for all the crap he had done, it wasn't just this whole like rape case that, um, just for the record, not guilty, called it. Um, OJ he, was also not guilty, so yeah, <laughs> we can't really go too far on that one. But listen, continue. I'm, I'm just saying, if you knew the girl like I knew her, I researched the girl. She's she's ahead of case, but. At the end of the day, not guilty, whatever the case may be. He's not getting hired back, let's be real. But this guy self-promoted himself on Instagram. He didn't sit there and post anything for weeks and weeks and weeks. And when he came out of, like, you know, um, you know, the shadows, if you will, um, he just said, meet me in Times Square on Memorial Day. And he's like, and, you know, there's going to be stuff going down, basically. Let me tell you something. If you guys know New York City and you know Times Square, we all know the stairs. All the uh, tourists go up there to take their little pictures and look so sweet for their countries to get all their likes on Instagram and Facebook, you know, whatever. He had that whole stair thing filled, okay? He had everything below it filled. The sidewalks, the walkway in front of American Eagle that you're supposed to just be able to chill and have a cup of tea. He had everything in the center of Times Square filled, and he pulled up in a Lamborghini that was shiny as hell and looked awesome. Did a couple like shout outs and a speech, went to the top of those steps through the crowd, did pictures with a lot of people and all sorts of stuff. And he released his video, Phoenix, where he literally calls this bitch out and, you know, shouted her out in front of the entire world, which now she's like, oh, I'm the victim, blah, blah, blah. All right. Whether you're the victim or not, like, you know, he, he tore it up in this song because I think a couple people, like, including myself, we were impressed by it. We're like, wow, he did this. And then on top of it, I'm seeing now that he's doing a pop-up store somewhere in the city. I believe it's this week or this weekend or something, which I'm sure everyone's going to go to because he's doing a clothing line too. At the end of the day, he has been a little annoying on the Instagram. He's done stupid posts that form big pictures. Today he, like, I was just talking to Freddie about it. He released, like, seven or eight pictures of just white squares to, like, center around two hats or something. Like, that stuff gets ridiculous, but he's really trying to push himself – I think it's cool. I think he did great when he did it. Will it last? No, but it was still pretty cool. Just my opinion. Now, do you guys agree with his statement in his song, Phoenix, that he's the hottest free agent in wrestling right now? I personally don't think so. Absolutely. I, I, I say absolutely not. I did not watch the Times Square thing because I could give two shits about Enzo Amore, oh, especially once they split the tag team up. The fact of the matter is, all those damn people that were there with him at Times Square, that's his family and friends. Let's get the let's let's be real here. Those weren't some random people that were there. He staged the whole freaking thing. The guy is a loser. When they split up the tag team, I lost interest in so a lot of people. I know I'm not alone in that. And you might be the only two people I heard praising that damn raps video. I can't say anything because I didn't waste my time watching it. I'm sorry you guys wasted three or four minutes of your life watching that damn thing. I'm just throwing it out there. This is coming from the encyclopedia, who with his friend Danny they mentioned earlier were a big fan of Kurt Hanging singing rap is crap in a country format. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> you guys used to blast it. <laughs> I do love the hot take from the encyclopedia, though, right there. Yo, that it was. Take. The mic dropped. I the mic that. dropped. Would you like to serenade you with rap is crap? Yeah. If you want to play it in the background, one one of these old school um, throwback T-shirt shops on Instagram was selling a 99 uh, rap is crap T-shirt. 
Oh, I'm gonna Google this. But the, little take. I'm just throwing it out there. That has <laughs> two hundred thousand views. So I don't think his family's that big. I'm just saying. <laughs> like I'll give it the song started out okay at the beginning, but I kinda lost interest towards the end. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's the hottest free agent. No. I'm not gonna give him that. But he has a following. He does have a following. Because keep in he mind, he, that was just New York. Um, I want to see, like, I want to find out how many iTunes buys he has or whatever the hell. I want to see how his little pop-up store goes. I mean, the pop-up store is only going to be in New York, so you can't really measure that either. But let's see, like, what the album looks like in, like, a week when we do the Money in the Bank show. Let's just touch we'll, we'll on this again. We'll give you guys an update on And we'll that. look on that. And we'll, we'll, we'll give you a little update on Because he's getting a decent amount of likes, like, on his pictures. I'm looking at him now. That's how you guys just got the clip clip because i clicked one by mistake but uh yeah he is i mean he's noticed he's definitely noticed now who do you guys think is the hottest free agent or that's you know hasn't hit the big time in wwe we've got new japan we've got roh impact is still you know treading water out there uh we've got lucha underground i believe is still is still alive and kicking for Somewhat. Who do you guys think is... All right, you guys know... Um, I don't know if Freddie knows. I know Anthony knows where I'm going with this. Um, I We've gone to a lot of Northeast Wrestling shows for years. And um, someone that impressed me that actually it was my son who like really caught on to him was uh, Matt Taven, who's now in Ring of Honor. Um, we've seen him in some crazy good matches, and he's a great technical wrestler. Um for Ring of Honor and the Northeast Wrestling Shows when he was wrestling on there. He he had some great matches, like some being in Dutchess Stadium with Brian Anthony where literally it started downpouring in the middle of their match. They I believe they ran the match quick, and then when it stopped downpouring, they started over again. And these guys were fighting on the baseball field, on top of the dugout, slipping, doing moves because it was that wet out and everything, but they didn't care. They still gave it their all. And I've seen him in a lot of other matches because he was their champion. And like the guy never, um, the guy never disappointed me. And the cool thing is like that. I also respect about him is he remembers his fans. Like I said, my son was a fan of him since he was like five years old. And we went to a show in Newburgh last year he wasn't even wrestling. He came to hype the crowd after um, a cage match, and he saw my son sixth row, and he pointed him out and called him out in front of the entire crowd, saying that Jaden's been following him since day one. Things like that I appreciate, and good wrestling and stuff. Like, I think that guy deserves a shot in WWE. Now, my thing is, I would hope he would get a shot that's a good, clean shot, because I, as we've discussed, Vince has also picked up a lot of people and ruined them and dragged them through the mud. Right. And that's someone I would not want it to happen to. I would wish nothing but good things for Matt Taven because he's a talented guy. In Ring of Honor, he's running the kingdom now. He's doing the heel, um, the whole um, heel character. And he's doing great with it. He's taking it and running with it. And I, I the few times I do watch Ring of Honor, because I'll be honest, I don't watch it as much as WWE, but... He runs the show when he's, you know, out in the crowd. Kind of like his his persona, his uh, negative, like, heel persona reminds me of something like The Miz, like, almost. Like, he's a bad guy, but the crowd loves it, if you will. I think the kingdom, the, the group is great, and I still get to see them wrestle once in a while at Northeast Wrestling. I just haven't been able to see Tavin get in the ring at Northeast Wrestling. But that would be my pick. 
And yes, if he ever does get picked up, I pray to God Vince does not ruin him because he is a talented wrestler. Cyclopedia, who do you got? I actually, Matt Taven is high on my list, and I'm not even a huge fan of his. I've just been impressed with his work, uh, his passion for the fans. I totally agree with that. Um, In addition to him, there's three others I'd like to see. Uh, One is a tag team. It's not going to happen. Local guys that we know pretty well, uh, the tag team called The Now. Uh, I would like to see them come. I know right now Vic's Delicious is going through some rough times, so that's not going to happen. But even Hale Collins as a singles, we saw him wrestle a few times. Um, Northeast Wrestling did have Bret Hart kind of come and give Hale his endorsement when he was on a singles run. And then the guy that entertains me, he's not the hottest indie star going, he's just entertaining as fuck to me, is the man scout Jake Manning. He's an overgrown boy scout. It's the funniest gimmick ever. I get such a kick out of the guy. Can you I, just throw throw the gimmick part to and just state how many wins he has? Give he it has to us. Zero wins. Zero wins in Northeast Wrestling. <laughs> yes. But he's still he's still someone that people love to watch. It's funny. Unfortunately, I don't. If WWE ever signed him, I don't see him getting any more than an NXT novelty act. No. I almost feel like he, he's in the same vein as Adam Rose and uh, No Way Jose, where they get to get the, uh, the main roster. They just wouldn't know what to do with him. You know, my pick. I do like Tav, and I've seen some of his matches. You know, the the glory pick right now is Omega. Everybody wants to see what Omega can do. I'd like to see him in WWE. I don't know if they do his character justice. But my pick is uh, Tama Tonga. We all know I'm a, I'm a Samoan wrestler guy. I, I love that. The Samoan guys, this is the son of Haku, the most feared wrestler. If you've seen some of these shoot videos from the older guys, probably the most feared wrestler of all time. I like the guy's in-ring work. He's solid. He's got a good look. His face paint. He was, he's been a part of the Bullet Club since day one over there when it started with Baylor. Then with AJ. Then over to Omega. Even with Cody, Cody Rhodes. Right? Cody Rhodes is leading it now, right? I believe. So that that would be my pick. And Cody Rhodes does do great in Ring of Honor as well, and yes. at Northeast Wrestling and other um, organizations. I think the best thing for his career was to leave WWE. I gotta I gotta be honest with you, Freddie. I agree with you on Kenny Omega. I've been wanting to see that too, but that's someone I'm afraid Vince would bury, yes. just right. like he buried, like we've all all three of us have talked about, Anderson and Gallows. Yes. Two very talented guys that you could have brought up in that tag team division, and you're having them like job to everyone not giving them like a tag team championship run that they deserve now there this is a little foreshadowing for the next um podcast next week Money in the bank. but they are getting a title shot next week against the bludgeon brothers which yeah, let's see what they do my them. my pick i think they are gonna they are gonna throw the straps on them I would hope they will, but I could see Vince pushing these Bludgeon Brothers, even though I really feel like no one is into them. I mean, that's just me it's personally. It's such a 1990s, late 80s WWE gimmick. Correct. You might as well let them be managed by Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Mm-hmm. Like, give me a freaking break. I, because 
It's because you think they belong in the trash. Yes, exactly. Thank you, Encyclopedia. I, I actually, I was okay with them winning the tag belts. Um, I think they were a better as the Wyatt family way back when. Mm-hmm. Um, this ta- yeah, this tag team title run has been a complete joke. It's ever since WrestleMania. What have they really done? I would like to see Gallows and Anderson win. However, I could see Vince not taking the belts off Bludgeon Brothers quite that way. I think if when when it happens, it'll be like a multi-tag team match where they're not the ones necessarily getting pinned because that'll save their image. They weren't the ones defeated, even though they lost the belts. Now, I'm just going to break off into a little side subject here. We haven't had a solid WWE tag division in years. We used to have it in the 90s with Legion of Doom, the Steiners, you know, Strike Force, Power and Glory, those guys. Who do you think are, are the hottest tag team in WWE right now? Honestly, there uh, there is none because, and it's not be for a lack of tag teams. If you look at the tag team roster, you got the Bludgeon Brothers, you got the Usos, you got New, you got Brie Zango, you got the Bar. You have all these tag teams that they actually have quite a number of tag teams. It's just that the division itself is not focused on. It's never been focused on under Vince's watch. It needs. It would be nice if it was. But I just don't see it happening, and I don't blame the tag teams. I blame the storylines and the fact that they're just completely overlooked and not a focal point of the shows. I think once Triple H fully gets the reins, I think we could see a resurgence of the tag division. You know what? We keep saying when Triple H gets the gets the reins. When is that going to happen? It's while well, I don't see it happening anytime soon, as much as we'd all hope to. Right. I just as long as Vince is around, it's just I don't see it changing and i don't think Vince is going away until and i've said it before until he moves on from this world right. when you when you wish death upon vince mcmahon i didn't wish death upon vince mcmahon <laughs> we have tape on that i believe steven the uh, previous podcast. go back to the videotapes <laughs> all right so let's let's jump into our next subject here we've got who's we touched on it a little bit with Gallows and Anderson, but the biggest hires that Vince has had recently from the Independence, from New Japan, who has been his biggest disappointment or his worst utilization with most potential? Oh, oh you're putting this on me, huh? Um... I personally think uh, I I think a lot of the superstars on Raw. There's not just one, um, and I'm not a fan of him. But if I'm Bob Lee Lashley, I'd be wondering why the hell I came back. Um, Bobby B. Roode is another one. It's not a Bobby theme going here. They have the guy needs to be a heel, and I've said that before. And they got him as a kind of a boring face. Um, if I'm Braun Strowman, I'd be pissed off because what have they really done with him? since before WrestleMania. It's been a complete joke. And let's be honest, Braun is not winning Money in the Bank. That would hurt his character to be his a cash-in title champion winner. Or I'm sorry. It, it would hurt him for his first title win to be on a cash-in. So the, the amount of people that are being underutilized is unbelievable right now. Um, for me, my number one pick would be Bobby Roode. 
Bobby Roode. Steven, what do you think? I'm going to agree with Bobby Roode um, because I actually did watch him in TNA. I know what he's capable of, um, and I think they are not using him correctly. I know it would never happen. I think I said this before at some point, but I would love for James Storm to come over, and I would love for them to be a tag team again. And uh, you don't have to call it beer money. Come up with an or gimmick or whatever you got to do. But uh, they they uh, they were a great tag team back in the day, and they had some crazy matches on Impact. And that's what made me a fan of Bobby Roode and a fan of James Storm. That I was excited for James Storm to come for his what was that like a three week career in yeah, NXT? Jump right back uh, to Impact. yeah to Impact Wrestling. And as far as Bobby Lashley goes, since he brought him back too, I think that was such a waste of money. God knows what they're paying that man. The fans don't even react to him. I could care less about him. The day he came back, I was just like, oh, they got Bobby Lashley. And as soon as he like got in the ring, I was just kind of like, yeah, we got Bobby Lashley. Like I, 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 I don't care for him. There's a lot of other wrestlers that, like I said, they do not utilize well. I said uh, Gallows and Anderson. Um, I think even like Finn Balor. Finn Balor was someone who. Uh, was in the championship-like run, um, and then he had his injury, and he comes back, and they drop him kind of to a mid-carder. I mean, he's someone who belongs at the top, but that just goes back to you have too many damn wrestlers in the league, and you could only uh, have so many of them shine. But when you only have so many of them shine, things get repetitive. For example, Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, like AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, like there's all sorts of things that just keep capping over and over and over again, and it gets tired and pathetic real quick. Well, don't forget, we're gonna have Dean Ambrose back soon, and that's just gonna be a <laughs> let's see what know, they do with a him. Clusterfuck of repetitive Dean Ambrose matches that we're gonna see. Which is someone else though who they could push easily. Yes. You could have a great Shield Explosion match. I feel like we never got that. Yes. I mean, I don't know your opinions I, I on that. I think we can get that at WrestleMania with the correct buildup. And have them all enter in Shield gear. Do it. Do it at um, the next WrestleMania. Have them come down through the crowd individually or however you want to do it if one comes down the entranceway or whatever. But correct me if I'm wrong. Was their first WrestleMania the last time they were in New York City or no? Uh, yes, that was their first one. So that was their first one. So have them have a triple threat match at this one coming up since they'll be in the city. I would love that. I know it will never happen, but it would be great. We actually got that match, and your boy, also Roman Reigns, screwed the whole damn thing up when he got popped. Don't, don't you wish that evil on him? He screws a lot of things up. Don't you wish that evil on him? He got popped for his I, drugs. Don't you? Don't you put that on him? Don't you put that on him. Even he admitted he made a mistake. At least the man was man enough to admit that. I think he's the only one that has. That also goes into the next topic, who is the most overrated on the current roster. Oh. Roman Reigns, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give him that one. The most overrated on, on the main roster right now. It's got to be between Roman for me and Dean Ambrose. I, I don't love the gimmick. He's a poor man's Brian Pillman. That's I like it. That's I, my that take. was a great description. I he's not Brian Pillman. He wants to be. He wants to be that unhinged. Fuck you. I <laughs> I don't dig Dean Ambrose. I hate his gimmick. That I'm just gonna leave it there. Um, yo, like I'm, I'm it's not, funny you say that I'm, because when I look at Dean Ambrose though. 
Like, as he's saying that, like, what does he really do? He does the same moves. He does his little, I'm going to go into the ropes and I'm going to, you know, bend over the second rope and pop right in and do whatever again. Like, he's very repetitive. I've never really thought about that. But you're right. And, of course, Roman Reigns is at the top of my list as well. Right. Um, damn, who else? Yo, I'm going to say flat out. And I know Anthony's opinion and our people's opinion. Brock Lesnar does it for the money, and who wouldn't? It's good money. But Brock Lesnar, he's overrated too. He he needs to go. I don't care for him. Let him go back to UFC. I prefer him in UFC, honestly. I think it would be cool to watch him in UFC again. I'm looking forward to Punk's fight. No, I'm not doing the UFC show, guys, so don't even think about it. Um, Also, um, who's someone else? Hold on. Your your little comment on Punk is... Probably the same amount of time that his match is gonna last. Correct. Yo, so. can I come here and watch it with you? <laughs> but um, it's not gonna last very long. What, what was the other one I want to say? Undertaker. I love Undertaker. He's a legend. But if he's gonna keep having these like pathetic like three or four minute matches, I don't want to see him no more. Because honestly, you're gonna ruin the legend that is the Undertaker. Because. They just announced today or yesterday, whenever they announced it, yeah, Undertaker morning. returns to Madison Square Garden for a house show. Well, first off, I'm sure it's going to end up being a special on the network. You never know with them. But, B, I'm sure it's going to be a five-minute match again, like maybe even two or three. Like he's just going to do his entrance just to get a pop. He's someone, if they're going to keep doing that, pull him too. Overrated at this point. Just my opinion. Uh, no, I'll agree with that opinion. The only reason why, my opinion, that I think Undertaker showing up at Madison Square Garden on July 7th is to combat UFC 226, Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. Yes, I will be in Vegas for that one. As far as Dean Ambrose, I totally agree with you guys. I never liked the character. Um, I know my boy Tony, who's probably going to be listening to this. Tony, shout out to you. You uh, loves Dean Ambrose. I still don't understand why. And the Dean Ambrose character, I didn't. I never got on board with it, but that second that time, I believe it was at Nassau Coliseum when he came running out with a hot dog cart and ketchup and mustard, throwing it at people, I was like, that's it, I'm done. The only thing the guy's done right is the titty master is nailing Rick on a daily basis. Yeah, I, yes, I, I don't there. like his character. I'm sorry for your friend who loves him, but he's not flying Brian. That's all I got to say. And that's what they're trying to make him out to be. So, um... Yeah, and I agree with Steven on Brock Lesnar. I mean, I yeah, I was a Brock fan, but it's done. I'd be really curious to see what the numbers are that make them think they should still keep paying this guy to show up. I I, I can't imagine they're getting their money back. Uh, uh, getting the I don't think he's selling the merch anymore. that... Like, how many... How many freaking Suplex City shirts with your town's name on it can you really buy? Correct. And how much money are they wasting on those shirts for each town? Yeah. Like, they're not selling them all. They're not selling out. Like, I'm not running up to concession to be like, oh, I want my Brock Lesnar shirt. Now, guys, random things pop in my head. We're, are we still PG here, or can we get, like, a little raunchy? We can, we can go on a little bit. All right, so let's talk about the new videos of Paige real quick. <laughs> did you guys catch those yet? Because I sure as hell did. Well, we went left there. <laughs> some new ones out yeah there's some new ones out i think they came out last week i caught them they're extended versions of uh for the kids listening more stop fast forward we don't have to get into details i'm just saying check it out that's like my opposite of uh joey gladstone cut it out i do want to give a quick shout out to epico epico yes. for following the podcast thank you 
Epico has followed us, followed us individually, I think, too, because I know yes. I got to follow, too. Definitely. And he liked our picture and, you know, threw up the praise emoji and stuff. So, seriously, Big that was really out. cool, dude. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we hope more wrestlers start to notice us soon. Definitely. You do, you do realize as, after Epico hears this episode, he's going to unfollow all of us. Probably. But shout-outs to him anyways. Um, so love yeah. you, Epico. So, with Money in the Bank next week, our – Money in the Bank episode breakdown is going to be around. We're going to you know, throw some Wednesday next week. Correct. Thursday we'll throw it out there. Um, what are your guys' top five cashins? Um, I'm not going to go with the top five um, because I can't think of five off the top of my head. Um, I mean, actually, I could probably give you four, but. I know me and Freddie, and we should probably do some of these together because we agree on three of them. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites was Dolph Ziggler. I was there in the crowd for that. The energy was so great. My son was so small, and he thought, like, oh, yeah, he's cashing in. Like, he cheered for him even though we were kind of, like, opposite at the time, and he would always boo everything I liked. And then when he cashed in and won, he cried and got so upset. And I was like, oh, my God, this moment's so great. But then I sat down with him while, like, everyone's cheering for Ziggler. I was like, buddy, you were just cheering for it. He didn't get it. But anyways, that cash-in was great. Um, perfect timing, the whole nine. Like, I never screamed so much in my life. The other one, another one I'll choose is when Edge cashed in New Year's Revolution. Um, I was there for that in the nosebleeds, but that was just a total shock. I'm sitting there. I see, like, Cena in the ring. It was, like, the end of the show. And when Edge's music hit, I remember, like, screaming, like, get the F out of here. Like, I was completely in shock because I didn't see it coming. Um, another one I liked, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Encyclopedia or Eloso, was when John Cena cashed in and lost. Right? That did happen, right? He did. He won the match on a disqualification. Big Show did a run-in. It was beautiful. Actually, that was the perfect actually, for me. <laughs> which is actually something I mentioned about if we go into worst Money in the Bank moments in a little bit. Um, well, I'm just saying run. it's the best one because John Cena lost. That was why it was good for me. <laughs> okay. And Fair then enough. the other one I'll think of that like me and Freddie agreed on as well was the Rollins WrestleMania, like nothing's gonna top that. I mean, they could do it again. Don't get me wrong, but he like not only cashed in at Mania, but he inserted himself in a match, making a triple threat. So it wasn't just like, oh, he's running down and beating him after a beatdown. No, this dude walked in in the middle of a match, cashed in, took the whole damn thing, made the match into a triple threat match, and won the whole damn thing. And it was so worth it. I mean, and I'll agree with you on that. But his two curb stomps that evening at that WrestleMania at the when they inaugurated the Levi Stadium. Those had to be the two best. The one off Orton where he got up, I want to say, 10 feet up in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, 10 feet in the air. And then later on in the night when he when he curb stomped both Brock and Roman. That That's probably between Rollins and Ziggler. Those have to be the two best for me. I've, I've fallen out with Ziggler. That's a whole little... A whole nother little rant. His Shawn Michaels 2.0 and he almost doesn't Mac like Ziggler as much as he hates Natty. McIntyre and his wanting to be Kevin Nash. Don't get me started because I'm gonna lose my shit on this one. Yeah. Wait, but, can we go into this real quick, Anthony? Can we sidetrack your picks? Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Let's hear about Big Daddy Cool and. 
present day HBK. So I'm two dudes with attitude. I'm a huge Shawn Michaels. The the click have always been my favorite since a kid. Michaels, Razor, Nash. Just so you guys know, I also threw up the two sweet out of the womb, basically. Okay. Basically. So to see <laughs> see well, these two. What was that? Steven and, I, Steven and I could agree with you. Steven was a huge Shawn Michaels fan, and I was a huge Diesel fan. And so we understand. We understand the love. Yeah, Jim, we have T-shirts and everything. Like, I had Shawn Michaels T-shirts with hearts on it. God knows what the I, other kids in school said about me, but whatever. So to still, see these two... To see these two jabronis... Oh, damn. Come out and try to be... Shawn Michaels and Diesel turns my skin almost as much as Natalia. Guys, I don't know if you guys saw her this week trying right to now. dance with with the Bellas. That's yeah, that was such a great Instagram video. I was dying. She's got two left feet. I'm sorry. And I can't wait to see that episode. I hope they don't edit it. But Dolph Ziggler, do you really have to come out in the same exact tights? Do the same exact fucking finish, and then. How much more do you want to take from Shawn Michaels? Now, let me ask you something, just seeing where you're at. Uh-huh. If Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash were to come out in an interview or a podcast or something and say they support what they are doing, does that change your mind at all or not? I think it would be them towing the company line. What, what happened? I think it would be them towing the company line. Just because, <laughs> just because Triple H's head, they're not going to shit on the product. But these two guys, give me a break. Give me a fucking break. I mean, it's kind of, not that it's like working, working, but there's crowd reaction stuff, and maybe this is what they need. But yeah, for old fans like us, we see it for what it is. But they, they're getting a reaction at least, like, and they're being thrown into a storyline. That's a thing. I'm you could only have. Right yo, I'm sorry, but hang on. How do you turn this <laughs> off so I can pre- I can pretend on. that I was cut off? But once we turn it off, we may not get back on. But um, my thing right now is is like. That goes back to what we said before. You have to come up with all these crazy storylines and stuff, and not everyone's going to be amazing. But then some may work better than others. And I'm not saying this is working. I feel like it's too early to tell. But I know you're going to be really pissed if it does start working. If That's it works, sure. I'm going to be super pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, Dolph does, Dolph does need something, unless uh, character change something. Um, Drew McIntyre, I'm okay with this whole thing. Um, the fact is I think this is just another case of the story, the storylines are weak. Why they had to team up Drew with Dolph Ziggler, it's kind of weird. I just heard Drew on the Jim Ross podcast, and he's digging it. Um, he's saying they're giving him stuff, and he's making it work. I will agree with him on that respect, because most people would have shit the bed on this thing already. Um, I, As far as Dolph goes, I, I don't know what's left. I just think that they've, they've given up on him altogether, and they just Threw him with Drew as a sign of good faith. But how much like HBK does he have to be? I, I agree. It's, the tights, it's too much. I don't. The entrance music, the fin- the moves. Come on, man. I, it's, I, too, I, it's too I, bad it wouldn't lead to a one night only HBK comeback. Uh, he'll never come back, unfortunately. Yeah, it sucks. No, he won't. He's the one guy that retired and stayed retired. Which sucks. But, uh, so Anthony, your pick, sorry. No, we digressed no, a little I, bit there. 
no, we're, we're here to have fun with it. It's cool. Um, so I did, I actually had a super seven list. I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, I'll just go just out of my top five uh, as an honorable mention. I had CM Punk cashing in against edge. Um, the big deal being there Thank was you. that edge was on SmackDown and had to show up on raw and rub it in the fans of Raw's face that he was gone and Batista came out, destroyed him and then CM Punk cashed in and brought the World Heavyweight title back to Raw uh, that was my honorable mention uh, my number five you guys mentioned and I'm a little surprised at this, it took place about 45 minutes from here in the Manhattan Center, Hammerstein Ballroom Rob Van Dam beat John Cena at One Night Stand and his cash in for the WWE title yeah. That was my number five. Uh, the rest, for the most part, I agree with you guys. Number four, Seth Rollins cashing in against Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Thank God the architect found a way to build up WrestleMania 31 and save it from the crap that it was with the Roman Reigns-Brock Lesnar rematch that nobody – or first-time match that nobody wants to see and to this day still doesn't want to see. Yeah, we keep getting it. Number and I'll three, also just throw in on that one. Steven's crappy internet connection when we were trying to watch that pay-per-view. Wow. Almost, almost ruined the WrestleMania that night, but continue. No, we had an idiot watching it upstairs with her friend. She ruined it. Thanks. If it went, you were probably better off. Yeah, that was a mic drop moment. Um, Hang on, wait for it. Pipe bomb. <laughs> or, or mic drop. Uh, my number three, uh, Stephen mentioned this. Stephen was there in person for this. Edge cashing in against John Cena. That was, that kind of set the stage. Um, I heard recently that Edge actually was quoted as saying that that was never in the cards for it to be just a random cash-in whenever. Um, it was supposed to be kind of what happened with Rob Van Dam where they announced when they were going to call for the title shot ahead of time. So Edge really made money in the bank uh, with the random cash-ins on that night. Uh, great moment. I remember Steven telling me, because for some reason I wasn't watching live, Edge just won the title and, I was, and I'm here for it. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? It was almost like my reaction when Hulk Hogan beat Yokozuna at WrestleMania 9, which was Russell crap. Yeah. Uh, my number two, which neither one of you guys mentioned. I'm a little surprised at this. How can we forget the single hottest superstar on SmackDown to the – today the Miz cashing in against Randy Orton how the hell did you two leave that off your lists because Miz is doing more memorable stuff now I don't know I don't have an answer that was my answer I'm very surprised yeah I wasn't uh, a huge Miz fan at the time alright fair enough my number two was Miz cashing in against Randy Orton and my number one is the one Steven mentioned and the one Steven went live Dolph Ziggler cashing in against Alberto Del Rio I mean uh, I've seen Steven some good cash-ins maybe, maybe it's like I don't know maybe I should go to every show so I can be at every cash-in no I'm just kidding that was a little much no, no it's, it's all good uh, at least you could say you were at a cash night I don't think I've ever been to one two um, broski two Two. Oh, yes, two. That's true. See? I mean, do should we count Edge? I was in the nosebleed section, and he was the size of my thumb. But still, the it music counts. was loud. It counts. <laughs> no, no, that definitely counts. Um, I think I bought those the tickets that... the day of that show. Like, it was it was literally random. I grabbed the girl I was seeing at the time, and I was just like, hey, can we go to this show? And she was down. And we flew up to Albany like – maybe it was like three hours before the show was supposed to start. Like, I found the tickets online – Got them, printed them, and went. Like, it was crazy. That's awesome. 
It's funny, Stephen, and uh, I don't think he's listen- he'll be listening to this, but it's funny how you mentioned you bring Jaden to wrestling shows and you make him cry. That is not the first time he cried at a wrestling event. Do you remember the video you took of the poor little guy at Survivor Series 2011 when, when his boy John Cena got rock-bottomed after the show? Yo, he was so happy. John Cena and The Rock are friends. And then when he rock-bottomed Cena, yo, he was so crushed. It was so bad. And I recorded the whole thing. He's right. I don't know where the video is, but oh my god, he is right. That was horrible. The, the, the audio... You hear, uh, and then Steven zooms in on him, and he goes, get away from me, and smacks the camera out of his face. (laughs) Classic. It was rough. Classic. This is how you make these kids, like, hard, you know? You got to give them, like, the school of hard knocks. (laughs) You got to crush their spirit out of our (laughs) country. At such a young age, too. Hey, listen, he got a photo with, like, CM Punk, Coffee Kingston, a bunch of wrestlers, Cody Rhodes that day, because I got a text while we were in church. It was me, him, and uh, his mom, and we were in church, and we were going to go down to the city a little bit later, and I just, like, looked at her. I was like, I got a text. I got the hotel. Let's go down. And we ran home. We grabbed our stuff, and we just left. And he got to meet a bunch of wrestlers that day, so it's not that bad of a life. So with that being said... Is there anything else? Uh, We're looking at you, Encyclopedia. Encyclopedia did do his top five Money in the Bank matches. However, go for uh, it. Just, I, you really want me to go for it? Yeah, go for it. We'll let you cover this uh, one. So please, yeah, I, I actually wasted over six hours of my life this weekend watching every single Money in the Batch match. That's why the we call him the Encyclopedia because he truly is dedicated. He is a dedicated. He's dedicated, and he swears to everybody on his life that he will never do that again and recommends no one else does the same. Um, Till um, next year. <laughs> but let's, let's throw this in here. We, we touched on it before we started recording. There's a new collection coming out on The Godfather. We spoke about it. We thought his best work was done before he became The Godfather. Papa Shango. Comma. Comma. Nation of Domination. Right to right Censor. Right to Censor was like, okay, yeah, but was, it was still, he's had some great characters. But Stephen and I were thinking his two best had to be Papa Shango and Comma. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy The Godfather. I did love The Ho Train. The um, I remember Anthony, like, I think I had gotten in trouble or something, and you took our friend Mikey to show him my place or something. Like, remember I made the poster and he got on TV? The Ho Train poster? That, I don't remember that. I remember him w- going to No Way Out 2000 with me, and I couldn't remember why you weren't there. He, he went to some with show with you, and I made a Ho Train poster, and he held it up, and he got on TV with it. And I remember watching it on TV, and I was so pissed. <laughs> he wasn't with me then. He didn't have any poster. The only thing he almost did was he and the, one of the guys that went with us decided to smoke pot in the parking lot across the street from the arena while the cops were one flow below us. There goes the PG show again. <laughs> but no, wait, we sidetracked. Get back to Anthony. List your matches. All right. My number five was WrestleMania 23, which was won by Mr. Kennedy, uh, who is the only Money in the Bank winner that never actually cashed in. My number four, Stephen will remember this, Money in the Bank 2013, the SmackDown one, which was won by Damian Sandow, who turned on Cody Rhodes during that match. 
That was also the match where Paul Heyman turned on CM Punk, so they had actually taken some outer storylines and brought it into the match, which I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, number three, which a lot of people probably won't agree with and probably have this listed as number one, my number three is the very first Money in the Bank match, WrestleMania 21, won by Edge, just because it was so out of the box at the time, so new. It was very innovating. Uh, now if you go back and watch all of them the way I did, you realize a lot of them are pretty much the same. Uh, my number two, Stephen and I were also at Money in the Bank 2013, the Raw one, which was won by Randy Orton, uh, just because of the big superstars that were in there. It was a fun match. And number one Money in the Bank match was WrestleMania 24, which was won, the first time won by CM Punk. CM Punk won two in a row, I believe, right? Both at Mania? He won WrestleMania 25, and apparently, I, re- I heard actually in the last week, the rumor was Jeff Hardy was supposed to win, I believe, the WrestleMania 25 one, and had failed a wellness test right before WrestleMania. Shocker. Shocker. Our boy Jeff Hardy never lets us down. <laughs> if you need I some good drugs, call the Hardys. <laughs> so with sure. that, that's our show. That's the very first episode of the Sold Out Sports Frenzy WWE podcast episode. Thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for next week's Money in the Bank breakdown. Stay tuned. We've got some interesting stuff we're working on. Maybe some merch. The YouTube show as we watch a pay-per-view together. Did you guys see our new image yet? Yes. We check want to hear the about the image. image via Instagram. You can check it out at the Sports Frenzy podcast page. Um, did you guys post it? I know I posted yes, it. Yes, the Sports Frenzy podcast page posted it. I believe the encyclopedia will be posting it once this episode goes up, so check it out. Stevie G1218, I posted it as well. I'll post mine. It's Jufra316, G-I-U-F-F-R-A 316. I will post that now that we have this video, this episode recorded and hopefully online in the next few days. Yes, it'll be up within... The next couple hours, um, shout out to at WWE underscore animation for the the image of us. Great work, sir. Thank he you so much. He does great work. Check him out on Instagram. Um, thank you guys for listening. See you guys next it's week. It's been fun, guys. Money in the Bank next week. Expect that episode midweek next week. Boys, first episode in the books, and we were just too, too sweet. sweet. Yeah, what they said.